Hello and welcome to the conclusion of the matter. I'm Ren Ferguson, one of your co-hosts, and joined with me, of course, as always, is Ryan Weaver. Uh, Solomon states in Ecclesiastes 12, verses 13 and 14, Let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or evil. We're so thankful that you have tuned in once again as we continue to look at God's Word uh, with one another and study what He has set out for us to do. Uh, this is another listener-requested topic, I guess you could say. It is something that my stepmother brought up, I guess it was a few days ago, um, asking me to do a lesson on this, whether it be in the podcast or just typing up some notes and sending it to her, whatever, about why does God demand worship. And she, of course, brought up the argument that a lot of people will use, especially skeptics, agnostics, atheists, things of that nature. Uh, the argument that is typically presented is that if God is an all-loving God, and even if he's all-powerful, omniscient, you know, all of those characteristics of God that we commonly talk about, if he is that, why does he demand worship? And they will often accuse him of being an ego, as they say, an egotistical maniac because he requires us to worship him. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. I think it's going to be an interesting discussion. It's definitely something that I guess I haven't always really put a lot of thought and consideration into. Uh, so I'm looking forward. I had never considered to this it, discussion. So yeah, it was. Uh, this is a tough one. For, yeah. I mean, it was. It was an interesting uh, study. So right, and so I guess as we're going into it, one of the first things that we should cover is: Does God even demand worship? Because there is something that, at least in my study, it's commonly called the new hermeneutic, which hermeneutic is how to study or interpret the Bible basically. And so the new hermeneutic is a new way to look at, a new way to study, a new way to view the Bible. And those who use this method of interpretation will often say that the New Testament especially, or specifically, is not a law. It does not contain any commands. And therefore, the command to worship is not even a command or really a consideration for us today. And so I think before we even go into why does God demand worship, I think we should first address the question, does he demand worship? Um, one of the verses that came to my mind, which we studied this for those that attend here at Collinsville, uh, we looked at recently Christ's conversation with the woman at the well. In John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, he says, but the hour is coming and now is here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And if you remember in the context of this, the Samaritan woman said, well, we worship on Mount Gerizim, but you Jews say that we're supposed to worship in Jerusalem. And what he says there is there's going to come a time where it doesn't matter where you are as long as you are worshiping in spirit and in truth. And so I would say right here, just in these two verses, it's clear that, yes, we are expected to worship God. Mm -hmm. 
Agreed. And I think you look at the temptations of Christ. The second mm-hmm. one was, all you got to do is bow down and worship me. And was Jesus' right. response was, it is written, um, you shall worship the Lord your God and him, alone, him only shall mm-hmm. you serve. So, well, Jesus said that I'm supposed to worship the Lord your God. Right. And I think back to Genesis 22, I think is where it was when we were talking mm-hmm. before yeah. this. Where Abraham was told to go sacrifice Isaac, mm-hmm. and what, that was an act of worship, right. and God commanded him to do that, and he was going to do it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something he came up on his own. So God has asked us to worship, right. or in 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 different dispensations we see it, right? right. So, and and here we are. Um, what Christ was talking about in your example, he was foreshadowing to the Christian dispensation. Right. Because she was a Samaritan, he mm-hmm. and and she said in Jerusalem was obviously talking about Judaism, and he's saying it's going to come shortly where it's not going to matter the location. Mm-hmm. There's two components that do matter, which you mentioned, spirit and truth. But right. it's clear that yeah, it's it's desired of us, right? right? It's it's wanted of us. Even even going back to John four and verse twenty four, where he says, "God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth," which again gives the indication that worship is an expectation. And not only is worship an expectation, but how we worship mm-hmm. is uh, to be performed in a certain way. There's there's so many verses, like the one you pointed out uh, in Matthew 4 and verse 10, but also in, in Acts chapter 18, verses 12 and 13, whenever Paul was in Antioch, uh, beginning there in verse 12, but when uh, Gallio was pro-council of Achaia, which is where Corinth, I think I said... Uh, Antioch, I should have, I meant to say Corinth, but uh, was proconsul in Achaia. The Jews made a unit or united attack on Paul and brought him before the tribunal, saying, This man is persuading people to worship God contrary to the law. It was, it's clear based on that verse that Paul was teaching these people a different way to worship. And if worship was not necessary, if God did not demand it, why was Paul teaching? Waste, he'd have been yeah. wasting his time, right? Exactly. I was just going to say that, you know, it's going back to, we've seen it in the various dispensations. You can go all the way back to Cain and Abel. Mm -hmm. There's a right way to do it, right? Right. And we see in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, starting verse 4, By faith Abel Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Well, because of his faith, and we talked about in our last podcast, faith shows that um, idea of obedience. Mm-hmm. Well, are we saying that he obeyed in the in the type of worship God wanted? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why it was more acceptable. And the other right. one wasn't because he didn't do apparently what was prescribed. Right. And going off of that in Hebrews 12 and verse 28, the Hebrews writer says, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Which again, going back to what you pointed out, making that point about Abel offering acceptable worship, Cain offering unacceptable worship, that principle is still true for us. Yeah, you said consuming fire, then that verse immediately made me think of Nadab and Abihu. Yeah, Another example is, yeah. were they doing an act of worship? Absolutely mm-hmm. But it says they gave unauthorized fire, right? Which tells me that they didn't do as was, you know, prescribed, right? And 
consuming fire literally mm-hmm. took me there because they were consumed right. by fire. But yeah, and even I mean all of these verses, of course, uh, but also First Peter two and verse five and nine. He says, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up, of course, talking about Christians, as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then in verse 9, he says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We, as Christians, as the church, are his nation. We are, as he says, his priesthood. Right. What was the purpose of the priesthood? Perform religious worship. Right. And service. Ceremonies yeah. and serving All of those him, things, yeah. right. So that would again imply that worship is something that he expects of his people. Correct. And even as he says in verse 5, to offer those spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God uh, through Jesus Christ, which again would imply our worship, yes, but also, of course, in a more generic sense, our, our service to God as well. Uh, yeah, in Hebrews 10 and verse 25, we've looked at this verse a lot, especially in the past couple of years with everything that's going on, where we're commanded to not forsake the assembly of ourselves together. I mean, when you just look at the totality of the New Testament, when you look at the example of the early Christians in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20 and verse 7, they came together to worship. Mm -hmm. It is so clear that, yes, God demands that we worship Him. And think about Paul and Silas in, in, the, in the Philippian jail. Right. Praying, singing. Mm-hmm. They were performing yeah. acts of worship right. in a prison. Mm-hmm. So um, you can do it in any place as long as you're doing it in the right manner, right. the prescribed manner, and, right. and giving God that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, yes. Certainly, God demands worship, but I think there's another aspect of this that is also very important for us to look at, even before, again, we look at why does he demand it, is the fact that he deserves Mm -hmm. our worship. I think you had some... Yeah, so I looked at the um, kind of the breakdown of the word, and it's it's a shortened version of worth-ship, which means that you are giving someone their proper recognition... Um, and what they deserve because of what they've done for you. Mm-hmm. And immediately I went to thinking, okay, so we look at, you know, James chapter 1, verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God gives us all this good stuff. I mean, why wouldn't he be worthy of our recognition? Right. And you stop in in, in uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, specifically the second part of the verse, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That goes totally... I mean, you mentioned people think he's an egomaniac. Mm-hmm. If you, that doesn't fit his nature. Right. You know, egomaniacs are me, 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 right. and I don't care about you. Yeah. Well, why would he give me the free gift of salvation mm-hmm. as long as I obey right. him and follow his his pattern? I mean, thinking about Jesus as God in heaven in mm-hmm. Philippians chapter 2, he gave that up because right. he put other people's interests mm-hmm. before his own. Right. So that doesn't fit the egotistical mm-hmm. idea yeah. of a God yeah. that, that's like me, 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 me. Right. But he does deserve it. Absolutely mm-hmm. deserves yeah. it for what he's done for us. I mean, he created everything, yeah, including right. us, right? And you saying that about especially the free gift, and you mentioned Philippians too. 
but also like John three sixteen, God gave His Son. Mm-hmm. An egotistical maniac would not sacrifice anything for anybody else. Exactly. Ever. Right. They always and only put themselves first. They would expect you to sacrifice. Right. Yeah. Something. Right. Right. So, and so He was willing to give up, really everything that he had Mm -hmm. so that we could have salvation. And as you pointed out towards the end there, he's our creator. In Genesis 1, verses 26 and 27, we see that that we're made in his image. Right. We are his creation. And that's just like children always, they ought to obey their parents and submit to their authority. And it's that same kind of idea. He created us. He is the one that put us here. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. He is uh, even our sustainer, as we see in Matthew 6, verses 25 through 33. Mm-hmm. Whether it be physical blessings or spiritual blessings, he's he's, he's the, the one, one that, that it comes it, from. Right. Yeah. And I think you say created in the image of him. I mean, that means we carry a lot of his attributes, our emotions. God has anger. God mm-hmm. has... Um, happiness. Yeah. God has all of that, right. and we carry that with us. So um, does God desire us to show him attention? Absolutely. Right. But don't we too, kind of? Yeah. You know, and we even do it as humans. We yeah. we tell people, hey, you did a good job on that sermon, Ren. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not, we're not worshiping you, but we're we're kind of praising you in a different way, you know, but it's because we recognize Hey, you put a lot of work into that, or even you know we do it in secular things, games, concerts. Right. You people applaud, people mm-hmm. give them. Well, I think what we call the res- um, not necessarily respect recognition. or recognition. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was for the talent that they yeah. just did. Well, God's talent outdoes everybody else's. I mean, you look at this world, yeah. and you think about how everything intricately works together. Right. I mean, the human body, any anybody for that matter. You look how everything kind of, how mm-hmm. does my brain, you know, take my eyesight yeah. or my hearing and put it all together? That's just amazing mm-hmm. to me that it just, do you expect yeah. me to believe that just happened? Right. And and worked perfectly? Um, but, I mean, he deserves it because of what he's done. Mm-hmm. And even going kind of along that same line, yes, he created us, but when you when you look at the scriptures— from the beginning of time since the, well, even before the fall of man, we see in Revelation, I think it's 13 and verse 8, that Christ is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God, through, of course, miraculous means or non-miraculous means, his providence, from the beginning of time was working through whatever governments, whatever law, whether it be the patriarchal, mosaic law, he was working, constantly working through those millennia to bring about Christ for the benefit of mankind. Mm-hmm. Literally everything that we read about in scriptures ultimately leads to Christ. Right. And so again, you think about an egotistical maniac, that doesn't fit the characteristics mm-hmm. of an egotistical maniac. If God was egotistical and an egotistical maniac, then when Adam and Eve sinned, he probably would have just said, I'm done. I'm finished yeah. with you. Peace out. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything to do with you anymore. But that, of course, is not not at all what he did. I think we go back to the idea of us, when you do something for someone, I mean, you don't necessarily do it 
for recognition, mm-hmm. but you want them to appreciate it, right? Right. And um, I think God desires that same type of appreciation. Mm-hmm. You know, we see Paul say multiple times, be thankful in this, be thankful in that. Always give thanksgiving. It's that grateful attitude, and it's, and and we desire it as humans, so I don't know why we would not expect God right. to desire something similar. You right. know, he... You look there in Romans chapter 1, at the end of the chapter where he talks about they had, uh, in verse 25, um, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and deserved the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So they were supposed to worship the Creator, but they then turned Mm -hmm. and worshiped the the creature is is what it states. Um, and it continues there, twenty six through twenty nine, specifically in twenty seven. He set, and you kind of mentioned this, where he made one of every nation, having determined allotted periods and boundaries mm-hmm. of their dwellings, working through that. He said that they should seek God in hopes that m- they might feel their way toward Him and find Him. He desires us to not only worship Him; mm-hmm. He desires us to look for Him. He desires us to find Him. He desires everyone to repent. There are many right. things God. Re- expects of us right. or desires of us and one of those is the respect yeah. the proper showing of his worth to what he means to us right and david in psalm 29 and verse 2 he says ascribe to the lord the glory do his name worship the lord in the splendor of of holiness again it's not that idea of god i mean yes he desires it and he certainly deserves it but again it's not that he's an egotistical maniac that just wants us under his thumb, it's because he deserves it because of who he is and what he has done for us. Yeah, and, and in reality, he doesn't need it. I mean, he wants it, mm-hmm. but if I don't, he's not going to change. Right. You know, and, and I parallel that to Paul on Mars Hill, where um, he says in verse uh, 24 there in Acts chapter 17, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. So Paul's saying there that God doesn't need us to serve him because he needs it. He needs it. He wants us to serve him and worship him because of that last part. He gives to all mankind life, breath, right. and everything. It's because he's given us everything. Yes. He deserves it. Yeah, right. I, I think you're you're exactly right. Uh, and this kind of, I guess in my mind, him deserving it as well as why does he demand it goes back to kind of our whole theme for this podcast, Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14. Why, did, why are we here? Mm-hmm. What is our purpose in this life, in this world? To it's fear God. To fear God and keep his commandments. Him, right. Put him at that high being above right. us, which puts us that subjection. And that's where these people yeah. that say... Why would he expect that of me? You don't have the right attitude. Mm-hmm. If you subject yourself to someone, you're willing to do what's asked of you. Right. And that's the whole attitude of Christianity. And I know people are like, well, you think you're better than me. And it's like, it's not about being better mm-hmm. than you. I'm trying to do what God has required of me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you got to be willing. And a lot of people don't want to believe in a God because then they're putting... A, something, an authority figure above them, and they don't want to answer yeah, to anybody. Right. And I think that's very similar to that is that, well, yeah, God is love, but, you know, I'm not willing to worship a God mm-hmm. that expects me to do something. Right. 
Yeah, a lot of people want the love of God, but not the justice mm-hmm. of God. Uh, and so again, yes, he certainly demands it. He certainly deserves it. And we've kind of already started getting into this discussion of why does he demand it? In part, it's because he deserves it. In part, it's because we that's our purpose. It is to be here to serve him, uh, to work for him. But another thing that I think about is in Mark 12, whenever Christ was asked that question, what is the greatest commandment? What was the answer that he gave there? He says to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. Doesn't leave much out, does no. it? And when we put this, couple this with what we were just talking about, if you love somebody and you do, I mean, everything for this person, mm-hmm. would you not want them to reciprocate that love? Exactly. Recognition or right. you're not doing it necessarily for that reason, but it's nice to right. be recognized, yeah. right? Going back to that is that absolutely. Yeah. Because that's exactly what God has done for us. And it's through that worship that we can show our love for him. And through that worship, even going along that same line, uh, that we can have that relationship with him because we are able to give him that glory and honor that he most certainly is mm-hmm. is due. And so it's, it's I, I say this a lot, maybe not as much as I think I do, but... Uh, I often say that we kind of treat God like a vending machine and we just think we press a few buttons and he's supposed to just give us everything that we want and he's supposed to be at our beck and call regardless of what we do, regardless of how we live and our heart and our attitude, but that's not how... That's not how it I, works. I don't. Rec- I don't recall hearing you say that. So I don't. I'm not sure how many times yeah. I've said it here, or when uh, the last time. No, it that's was, a but. good analogy. Is that like I think I'll take this today yeah. or that tomorrow, right. and it's. That, but yeah. it, it's that's not how that relationship works. Yes, I mean God has done almost everything for us, mm-hmm. and He just asks that we show our love for Him in return. Exactly. In that relationship that we have with Him, and we can do that through worship. Mm-hmm. How do you show, um, how do you show, I mean, we're supposed to, um, how do I want to say this? We're supposed to be doers of the word and not just merely right. hearers. And what I'm trying to get to is that you show love through action. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can show it by yeah. telling someone. Well, first but, John 3.18, but it's yeah, not love and word, word or deed. Word deed, but in, but in um, action. Um, or in word or talk. Word and talk. Yeah, but, indeed but it, that's truth. where he's talking yeah, about if yeah. you have the world's goods and you withhold right, it from your brother. Right. And he said, yeah, don't do it just by word. Mm-hmm. Do it in deed. And, you, and the saying is, actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. And it's true. You know, um, you can say you love God, but are you truly mm-hmm. doing right. it? And that's obeying any command that he has. And one of those is, I expect, mm-hmm. I expect you to worship me. Um, so I think that's a great point with the relationship is the relationship God communicates to us through the Word. We communicate back to Him mm-hmm. through songs of praise, through prayer, all of which right. are acts of worship. Yeah. And no no relationship is one-sided, or it shouldn't be. Not uh, just like with relationship. Yeah, then, right? with marriage, with friendships, with whether it be work relationships, whatever it is. They should never be one-sided. But again, that kind of mentality, calling God an egotistical maniac because he demands worship, 
that's kind of what it is, is they expect that relationship to be one-sided mm-hmm. where it's gimme, 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 or and you I do don't love I, me. And I don't yeah. do anything. I don't worry. I don't have to do anything right. that you request. Yeah. yeah. I think um, you going back to why does he, why does he require it of us? Um, I mean, part of me thinks that it's for our benefit. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when you, you get in that right mindset, you recognize who he is. Yeah. You recognize who you are. Right. And there's a, there's a pecking order of mm-hmm. things, right? And you are in need. Without him, yeah, you're lost. You know, he's given us that free gift we talked about. He's given us everything that we need um, that pertains to life and godliness that you referred to. The spiritual, bl- everything you went through, right? He's given that to us. And if we stop and think about that, and and we put him as our ob- object object of worship then we get our mind right. Right. And I I think that's like similar to the message Christ gave to the apostles when he was teaching them to pray. In Matthew, I don't think it's in the Luke account. It's in the Matthew chapter 6 account. At the end of verse 8, he says, um, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Mm -hmm. Did he stop there? No. No, the very next verse he said, so when you pray... This is what you need. Right. To, this is how yeah. you need to do it. Not not word for word, but he's giving them. Okay, thanking the Father, thanking Him for mm-hmm. the daily provisions. Help me to fight temptation yeah. against Satan. Um, you know all of that, showing their reliance, their their reliance on mm-hmm. God. And similarly, yeah, God knows what you need, but by asking Him, it it gives you that mindset of recognition right. of I do need Him. Yes. I'm yeah. not providing this myself. Right. You know, this food on my table, okay, yeah, you paid for it with your mm-hmm. paycheck, but who provided the paycheck? Well, yeah. my employer. Well, who provided you the job? Yeah. At the end of the day, it's God has provided for you. He's given you the talents, the ability, the mindset to to make a living, to buy these things. Mm-hmm. God provided. Yeah. You know, and it gets you in that mindset of it's not, it's not, I didn't do this. You know, right. it's got, so I think it's very similar in that fact that it makes you recognize if you're if you're truly doing it right, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. that's going back to right. your point. There's a right way to do it if you're truly doing it right. It gets you in the right mindset. Mm-hmm. I right. think. No, I think that's a that's a great point. And while you were talking, it made me have another thought. It also prepares us for heaven, because in almost every depiction that we see of heaven outside of just the description of what it looks like it almost always contains worshiping God. And so, I don't know, I said this in a lesson not too long ago, but if we don't like worshiping God here, then we're not going to enjoy heaven. And more importantly, if we don't like worshiping God here, we're not going to be in heaven. heaven. And so that's why, at least that's why I think God demands worship for all of these things that we were just talking about. And not only that, we can also look at Passages like Isaiah 55, 8, and 9, where he says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, as as high above the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts above your thoughts. Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to God. Mm-hmm. There are, yes, there. I think there are some reasonable and logical explanations that we can give as to why God demands worship. But in the end, going back to what you just pointed out, we, re, we need to recognize who we are and who God is. Right. And we need to recognize that we are to submit to him 
And we might not always fully understand the whole of his reasoning behind commanding us to do something. But it is always for, to some extent, it is always for our benefit in some form. Mm -hmm. uh, and so... And I, th I think something that we talked about when, when you first mentioned this to me and I gave you a deer in headlights look <laughs> like, what? Um, was the fact that people that have that attitude um, may not be able to be convinced mm -hmm. that, you know, what right. I mean, that, yeah. that because they're not willing to subject themselves. Yeah. And it... It reminded me, not exactly the same way, but similarly, Isaiah 44, 9 through 20. And he talks about the, 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 the little topic over that section says the folly of idolatry, which is talking about worshiping something other than God, mm -hmm. which is not exactly what we're talking about, but we are talking about worshiping God. And in this case, it talks about the man that cuts down the tree, and then he uses part of it to warm his house, part of it to cook um, his meal. Yeah. And then the other part, he decides, oh, I'll make an image out of it mm -hmm. and worship it and say, deliver me. Um, and in verse 18, Isaiah writes, They know not, nor do they discern, for he has shut their eyes so that they cannot see and, and their hearts so that they cannot understand. So it's almost like this person is is similar to those in Romans chapter 1 that have gone so far that God has mm -hmm. allowed them to... Right. basically believe where they're at. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if these people that claim that God's an egotistical, egotistical person are at that point. Right. Because they're so... Yeah. Even, yeah, like even, is it First Timothy 4, where he talks about those false teachers having their conscience seared with seared, a hot, right, hot yeah. iron? It, it unfortunately is the case where with some people, it. I mean, there's nothing that, of course, there's never anything that we can do. It's always God through His Word working. But some people are to a point where they're just not going to obey. Right. They're not going to listen. And and personally, I, I kind of think that, as you pointed out, people who are willing to make that claim against God, really, no matter what explanation we give, no matter what reasoning we give, they can always go back to, well, He's just egotistical then. Mm -hmm. and. It's, it, I mean, it's just difficult to, yeah. to try to convince somebody otherwise who is to that point. Um, but another point, just before we close here in a couple of minutes, another point that I think is also important, kind of going back to what you were talking about, recognizing our position in relation to God, even as Isaiah 55, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. One thing that I think human beings are very guilty of is trying to judge God according to our, our standards, standards. Mm -hmm. and not recognizing the fact that he is a higher being and he knows a whole lot more better than we do. Right. Yeah. And we can't put him into this box that we have created and say, okay, well, God should behave this way because that's what I think he should do. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not who God is. Well, it goes back to lean not on your own understanding, right? right? Proverbs three twenty seven three okay three yeah. five um, lines up perfectly what you said about his thoughts are are mm -hmm. higher than our right. thoughts. We are finite in our thinking. Mm -hmm. and Ephesians, uh, where does it say he can do or think beyond what we right. can? Ephesians chapter, I think it's four. Four. I was going to say oh, three, but maybe three. Um, where he can um, 
at, he can do he can do more than we can ask or even think. Um, he he operates in a, in in a way that we can't comprehend at times. Right. Um, so your point's valid in the fact that we we try to think or ration, maybe rationalize mm-hmm. what God's thoughts are, and yeah. that's kind of futile. futile. Yeah. Even uh, Romans eleven thirty one thirty three maybe, where Paul says, "How unsearchable are His judgments." In essence, what he's saying is, is there are times where we just simply do not know what his reasoning is behind his commands and what he uh, expects of us. And again, in this discussion with why does God demand worship, I, of course, think that there are reasonable and logical answers to that question. But there are some some things we don't know why he chose to do right. the way that he did it. Yep, and it was Ephesians three twenty. Okay. Um, so if you guys want to read that, go right ahead. Um, your your last statement there took me to Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine, mm-hmm. going back to the secret right. things are are of uh, secret things of God are right are his right. And what and, he's revealed is what we have, and that's all we need to concern exactly. ourselves with. So I think this has been a good talk about yeah. worship. It's required, and he deserves it. I think mm-hmm. that. Um, that's what you can see here, I think, in both the Old and the New Testament across across the board. Right. Well, I guess uh, we'll wrap it up here. As always, if you have any questions about anything or suggestions for topics or passages, uh, get in contact with us, uh, whether personally or through uh, our email, messaging us on Anchor, or even messaging us on Facebook. Uh, and, and that Facebook page is the yeah, conclusion, the Facebook page, of, yeah, conclusion, the conclusion of the matter. Of the matter. Um, and, of course, please uh, make sure whenever you see the podcast, whenever it releases on Tuesdays, please make sure to share it with somebody, whether it be you sharing it on your Facebook profile or sending the link to somebody, whatever it is. Just uh, we ask that you share that and and be a part of teaching God's Word and sharing His Word in in that capacity. But I hope that this has been a beneficial study. It was a beneficial study for me. Some things that I haven't given too much thought mm, thought to before. Yeah. Uh, so I know I learned, and it it pushed me to to go beyond what I had previously thought. Uh, but I guess that's everything that we have here for today. And I guess you could say that that is the, the conclusion, conclusion of, of the, the matter. matter.